the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The gift of wisdom and knowledge. This text is not talking about sitting around trying to find a message. This text is talking about that at the heart of gospel ministry is apologetics. Defending the gospel against the enemies of Christ. And that you don't depend upon your acumen to be able to stand and speak eloquently and concisely exactly what God wants you to say. When it comes to spiritual gifts, the question is, what is the difference between the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge as recorded in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8? We're glad you asked. We have a few answers for you as we continue our look at spiritual gifts. Today, on Way of Grace, with Pastor Jessica Stan. Our series is called The Prophet of Spiritual Gifts, uh, Christ in You, the Hope of Glory. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 20. And again, specifically, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, the distinction between the two. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's program. The only way you can know that the Spirit of God is present is by the manifestation of the Spirit. And the manifestation of the Spirit does one thing, glorify Christ. Glorify Christ. So Paul having the blessed, blessed, blessed gifting of being a Hebrew and then a radical Christian that is a fulfilled Jew, he's operating out of an Old Testament paradigm of thinking when he begins to talk about these particular categories. And immediately, if you know your Bible enough, you'll be able to pick up on where I'm going as we deal with the gifts. But I'm going to press into them a little bit. The manifestation of the spirit is given to everyone for the profit of the whole body. The spirit shows up to bless everybody in the body. The Spirit manifests His grace in your life and in my life, not for me, not for you and I individually, but for all of us together. Whenever any believer manifests the works of the Spirit in their life, it's for me. Whenever any believer enjoys being used by the Spirit of God, it doesn't matter how minute, how insignificant it is. It's not for that believer, it's for me. Whenever I manifest the fruit of the Spirit or the manifestation of the Spirit in my life, it's for you. It's for the mutual benefit of the body. Remember what we learned? Our gifts are given to be placed on the table so that we all come to the table and benefit from the gifts. It's never ever for the exaltation of one person. Never for the exaltation of one person. Never for the exaltation of one person. So what we're about to deal with now is a composite. The composite is a whole of nine gifts. And this composite reveals to us the person and work of Jesus Christ manifested in the body of Christ. Did that come home? Will you notice the way Paul puts the language when he starts in verse eight? For to one is given the spirit or given by the spirit, the word of wisdom. Do you see that? 
the word of wisdom. At the top of the list of the nine categorical gifts that Paul gives, he starts off with what is called the word of wisdom. There are two words in that, in that, in that nomination that I want you to capture. The first is logos, the word. The next is Sophia, wisdom. At the top of the list, Paul starts off by giving us the supremacy of who Jesus Christ is as God's Messiah. He is God's wisdom. Jesus is God's wisdom. And then he uses the word logos, and I'm going to show you how he distinguishes them as we go down the list. He says, to one is given the logos, the word of wisdom. Now, that terminology is not New Testament terminology. It's Old Testament terminology. It's what I shared with you in the beginning of the year when we talked about giving. And I said that what God did with national Israel when he brought them out of Egypt, the first enterprise that he engaged them in was the building of the tabernacle. And that they were to bring all their gifts. Everyone who was willing brought gifts to give for the building of the temple in the wilderness. You guys remember that? And I shared with you how in that language, God declared how he gave some men wisdom. This is in the book of Exodus chapter 28, verse 3. Look at what it says. Exodus 28, verse 3. In Exodus 28, verse 3, God talks about how he gave unto them the spirit of wisdom. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise hearted, whom I have filled with the what? Spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me. And that language is used all the way through Exodus chapter 28 through 31, where God gifted men and women, watch this now, to produce the material that makes the temple so that a witness can be born to the glory of God. Are y'all hearing me? Get ready to show you something else about the importance of this. You have all the uh, verses in your outline. I don't have time to, to take you to many more, but here's where I want to start. When the word of wisdom is given by the spirit, it's given for a particular purpose of which Solomon addresses critically and clearly. Will you turn with me in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 24 and let's read verses one through five. And you're going to get some insight into this thing called the word of wisdom or the spirit of wisdom. And I'll justify those two terms in a moment. Proverbs 24, one, be not thou envious against evil men, neither a desire to be with them. Verse two, for their heart studies destruction and their lips talk of mischief. Verse three, through wisdom is a house builded. Do you see it? And by understanding it is established. Stay right there. Through wisdom is a house builded. Now what I said is that we're looking at a composite of Jesus Christ in all of these gifts. And I've already stated that Jesus is the wisdom of God. And you know that biblically, right? So that when the word of wisdom is given to anyone, it's given for us to be, watch this now, builders. Builders. The word of wisdom is given to men and women so that they might be employed by the spirit of God. Hear me now. To build the church. 
The difference between the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, although they are almost always found coupled together in both the Proverbs and the New Testament, is that the word of wisdom is skill sets that are given to us in order that we might deal with opposition coming at us because of people who want to tear down the gospel. And in order that you and I might avoid evil so that we might continue to do God's will. I'm going to unpack that a little bit more in a moment. Listen to what he says in verse four. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all uh, precious and pleasant riches. Do you notice how both wisdom and knowledge are tied together? He starts off saying wisdom builds and knowledge fills. Do you guys see that? Wisdom builds and knowledge fills. Wisdom builds and knowledge fills. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you have him giving first the spirit or the uh, spirit giving the word of wisdom and to another, the word of knowledge. Do you see that? To one is given the word uh, by the spirit, the word of wisdom and to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. He immediately couples the two. All Jewish Christians would have comprehended this in terms of the way that the Proverbs syntactically lays out wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom is always first. Knowledge is always akin to wisdom. The spirit or the word of wisdom is given to build, to build, to build. And the word of knowledge is given to fill. It can be put down this way. The word of knowledge is like tools, but the word of wisdom is like skill sets. By which when you take the tools, you can build something. Are you guys following me? The word of knowledge is like tools and the word of wisdom are like skill sets by which when you take the tools, you can build. In Matthew 16, verse 19, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Are y'all following me so far? So the spirit of wisdom or the word of wisdom, it's Christ in the building process of his church. And it's always coupled with the word of knowledge. Right here, Paul is dealing with that fundamental means by which men and women are brought into the kingdom of God is by words. The logos, the devar, the preaching of wisdom, the preaching of Christ, the preaching of knowledge. The Bible is clear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and, and good knowledge causes us to depart from evil. Is that right? Right. Again, I want you to see a couple more verses as I lay this down. I'm still in the Proverbs in Proverbs chapter uh, 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 nine verses, verse one. Look at Proverbs nine, verse one in Proverbs nine, verse one. Here it is. Wisdom hath what? Builded her house, she hath hewn out her seven pillars. I use this term as we were doing an ROE rules of engagement class talking about what those seven pillars are. But look over at verse 10, Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, now we have wisdom building her house. Here is an explanation of it. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? And the knowledge of the holy is what? This is exactly right. So the word of wisdom, as Paul calls it, and the word of knowledge does two things. The word informs you in order that you might successfully accomplish God's purpose to build and to help you avoid opposition to that process called building. Because wherever the word is, there's the anti-word. Wherever Christ is, there's the antichrist. Wherever you and I are called to build God's church, we need wisdom. In the same way that God built the world by wisdom, You and I need wisdom in order to assist Christ in the building of the church. Because after all, when he says, I will build my church, guess how he said he would do it? Through his body. So God gives us different gifts. Some the word of wisdom, some the word of knowledge. 
Now, I want to show you on a functional level in our text, because you don't really get this in a lot of your scholarly books, but I'm going to show you the distinction on a functional level of the word of wisdom versus the word of knowledge, okay? One, a person might have both gifts. One may only have one gift, the word of wisdom. If you have the word of wisdom, you have the ability by the grace of God through a knowledge of God and the present operation of the spirit of God in your life to help people get out of trouble. The word of wisdom helps saints get out of trouble. It helps the lost find the Lord because what fundamentally drives the word of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And that fear of the Lord is going to have you highly valuing God's counsel. I don't have time. I see the clock moving. But if I could unpack the three fundamental Hebrew words that are used in the Old Testament, they are words that underscore developing skill sets in order to be successful in life in whatever you do. So that when you go back to the Old Testament and you discover that people were filled with the spirit of wisdom, they were able to do exactly what God wanted them to do, to build that tabernacle, to make sure that tabernacle made it all the way through the wilderness and made it into the land of Canaan. And that Old Testament motif of the tabernacle is pointing to the church today. Would you not agree? In the same way that they built the tabernacle in the wilderness, Christ is building his church today. Is he not doing that? Is he not doing it through the word of wisdom? Is he not doing it through the word of knowledge? Let me give you a couple of practical examples to see how it's used. Christ frequently spoke by what we might call the word of wisdom. First text that I want you to look at is going to be in the uh, book of um, Luke chapter 21. Luke 21, let's read verses 13 through 15. And here's where you're going to see a demonstration of the word of wisdom. Here it is. This is Christ talking to his disciples about persecution coming against them. Start back at verse uh, 12, if you don't mind, Deb. Let me see. Here it is. But before all these things, they shall lay hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons and being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Remember what I told you earlier? When you come to Jesus, you're going to have to take hits for him. What Jesus said was, once you start bearing the light of the gospel in you, situations are going to come up where ruling authorities in this world are going to try to stop you from preaching. Hear me now, but it's going to turn to a testimony for you. They're going to get a hold of you, but what they don't know is God's getting a hold of them through you. Now watch what the verse says. Please watch it. Now we're at verse 13, Tim. Now we're at verse 13. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Verse 14. Here it is. Here it is. Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what you shall answer. Don't get that ever twisted because we got crazy kooky churches that talk about don't prepare to preach. Just wait for the Holy Ghost to come on you and then just get up there and start talking. I would never go to a church like that ever in my life. Although I'm guilty of having done it before, but I will never go because the Holy Ghost ain't going to take a lazy man or woman and speak through them. Please hear me. He's not taking lazy people and doing something supernatural. He will take seeking people. He will take diligent people and he will prepare them a message to speak. This text is not talking about sitting around trying to find a message. This text is talking about that at the heart of gospel ministry is apologetics. Defending the gospel against the enemies of Christ. And that you don't depend upon your acumen to be able to stand and speak eloquently and concisely exactly what God wants you to say. 
It doesn't mean that you don't already have what all the Word of God fitted in your lips. You have studied the Word of God. You have imbibed the Word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereunto according to his word, right? Your words were found and I did eat them and they were the joy and rejoicing of my life. It was Job who said, I love your word more than my regular food. Come on now. We have to have the word in for it to go out. But when it's time, listen, when it's time to talk in defense of the gospel, what Jesus was saying is you need the gift of the word of wisdom. So you can say the right thing at the right time with the right outcome. Did y'all hear what I'm saying? How many of you guys know that in a particular situation that might have been somewhat challenging, you opened your mouth. And the last thing you should have done was open your mouth. Jesus was nowhere in your words. Where there are a bunch of rules that you had violated. First, you probably weren't qualified to speak. Because if you don't have the word of wisdom in you, you won't be able to actually give an answer to the hope of the calling that's in you with meekness and fear in that context. And sometimes in those situations, the wisest thing to do is hold your peace and pray. So you ain't got to always open your mouth. But if you do open your mouth, you have to be gifted. All right. So this is what he says. Don't meditate before what you shall say. Verse 15. Here it is. For I will give you a what? Words, words, do you see it? Words of wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. See it? See it? This is called a word of wisdom. And a word of wisdom is in order that you might be able to deal with opposition against the gospel wisely and eloquent. One example, you know it already. The first martyr of the New Testament church had the spirit of the word of wisdom. What's his name? Stephen. The last verse of chapter six says that and Stephen's face shined as if it had been an angel and he opened his mouth and for 58 verses gave a word of wisdom that demolished all the Jews, even though they killed him. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? The gospel was advanced that day. So the word of wisdom is designed to build. The word of wisdom is designed to build. It's designed to give instructions by which you might deal with opposition, that that you might be able to accomplish your purpose. And you and I are called to bear witness to the gospel. We're not called to make people have a positive outcome for it. We're just called to make sure we testify to the truth of Christ. See, because while this group might hate it, that group over there is being drawn by that same truth. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so this, the word of wisdom is designed for divine insight to address opposition and to deal with building and edifying. And, and the word of wisdom also preserves. I wish I, had, wish I had time to develop it more fully. But let's look at the word of knowledge for a moment because I want to show you the correlation between the two. What do we mean by the word of knowledge? What's the difference between the word of knowledge, the Lagos uh, Gnosius versus the Lagos Sophia? Divine insight of facts are given to you that don't necessarily have any kind of innate instruction by which you do something. When a person is operating out of the word of knowledge, they will say things that will bring to light what's going on that you may not have heard or known, but it comes with no instruction for you to be led. Example, Acts chapter 5, verse 3. Peter is operating out of the word of knowledge in Acts chapter 5, verse 3, when everybody is coming... And bringing their gifts 
to the church at the feet of the apostles. And Peter is dealing with this couple who has decided to hoodwink the kingdom. Ananias and Sapphira. Told you you can be gifted and not useful. Look at what it says. And Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Now, do you see that? That's a word of knowledge. What do we mean by that? Peter could have had no way of knowing what was going on in that man's heart. It's the spirit of God that gave him that word of knowledge. No one can know what's going on in your heart. No one can know what's going on in my heart. That's the spirit that belongs to God alone. Don't ever let somebody act like they know what's going on in your heart. Unless you open your mouth and tell them all they're doing is guessing. Are y'all hearing me? Those are secret things that belong unto the Lord. But see, Peter was given the gift of knowledge because Christ exercised that same gift of knowledge on Peter. Peter! Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. That's a word of knowledge. Now notice here that Peter gives a revelation by way of a word of knowledge of what's in the man's heart. And he doesn't tell that man to do anything about it. Do you hear me? It's just data given. Look at verse nine. Look at verse nine. Acts chapter five, verse nine, he does the same thing with his wife. Then Peter said to her, Sapphira, how is it that you have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the living God? Peter deduced that. Now, here's the word of knowledge. Are you ready? Behold, the feet of them which have buried your husband are at the door. They're they're getting ready to carry you out. Whoa. Word of knowledge. Watch this. Peter didn't say repent if perhaps God would have mercy on you and save you. No word of no word of wisdom. Jesus had, this was the event that Jesus did where he was telling his disciples, this is another word of wisdom for time's sake, I'm just going to share it with you because I want you to be able to identify them in your Bible when you read them. Am I boring you? Am I boring you? Are you learning something? So Jesus told his disciples, hey, fellas, I need you to go catch up with a man who's going to be burying a pitcher of water, follow him into the house and tell him that uh, the master has need of the table and set up everything so that when we come, we can have our, our Lord's table. You will find him doing this. You will find him doing that. And the text says, and when they went, they found the man doing exactly what Jesus said. It's called a word of knowledge. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? That is a supernatural dynamic of which I'll have to talk about how that's managed by the spirit of God in our lives later. But those are two qualitative gifts that we need to know at the top of the at the top of the list. Look with me again at first Corinthians 12. Let me make our way through because I want to show you the connection between the two. I have stated that the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge basically couple at each other. You find that in Proverbs chapter eight as well. But here is where it's summed up, child of God, in the book of Colossians chapter two, verse three. Notice what Paul says both about wisdom and knowledge. This is what he says. And I want to show you the composite of both of them. I'm in Colossians chapter two, verse three. Here's what Paul says about wisdom and about knowledge. Will you start back at verse two? Because I'll need the context. Colossians two, verse two, that their hearts might be comforted. That's the heart of the believer being knit together in love unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the father and of who? 
Right. So this is a long running sentence that Paul does because he didn't live in our generation where all you and I can handle is like, like, like two sentences. He can give us running sentences with multiple clauses and semicolons and we can still track with him. What he just said here was uh, based on verse one is that God gives us knowledge in order. Watch this now to comfort our hearts. He gives us knowledge in order to knit us together in love. That's where we are in our text. Watch it now. Unto all riches and full assurance of understanding. Now watch this. He comforts us, he knits us together, and he increases our understanding. That'll conclude our time today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan, the Ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We thank you for spending time with us. Trust that as you do walk through God's Word with us, you're growing in grace, growing in your relationship with Christ and your love and adoration to Him. As we conclude our time together today, we would like to remind you that if today's broadcast was an impact to you, maybe it really blessed you, or maybe you've got a question or two that to listen to this program again would help out. Well, we have CDs available when you call or write to us, or if you wish, simply stop by our website and download the audio file from the website. Our web address is grace-bible.com. Rather simple. Again, grace-bible.com. Or contact us by phone at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, the address is 22768 Main Street. And that's here in Hayward. The zip code is 94541. Again, that's 22768. Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541 is the zip code. We ask for $5 per CD, or again, as mentioned, simply stop by our website and you can listen to the message in its entirety or download the MP3 version, grace-bible.com. One final note, we're inviting you to join us for worship. Sunday services are at 11 a.m. with Sunday school at 10 a.m. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study at 8 p.m. We'd love for you to stop by and join us for worship, especially if you're not involved in a fellowship at this time. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We have folks from all kinds of churches all over the Bay Area joining us at 8 p.m. It's a marvelous time of studying God's Word together as a company of believers. Again, For directions, simply go to grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.